Hi there, final fans. It's your old pal Amanda. Um, just wanted to drop a little note to tell you I miss you and I love you. Um, I was traveling for a wedding and, you know, who knows how these things happen, but I got COVID. Whether it was on the plane, whether it was before I left, whether it was at the wedding, who knows. But um, down for the count. So uh, Ryan is going to do a little capsule episode and I will return next time. Uh, had lots of time to watch some horror movies, so we're going to have some great reviews coming up. And please enjoy uh, the final guy solo style. Talk to you soon. I pledge allegiance to the gore, chopped limbs and bloody viscera, and to my fellow sick fucks for which we stand. One rating. That is R, with extreme violence. Sesame and Winston are gods. Welcome to the first gathering of the Fellow Sick Fucks Society. Welcome, my fellow sick fucks. Welcome to these ancient chambers where we discuss the goriest of horror while the final girl is away. How is everyone? Uh, So, um, as you heard in the intro, Amanda has COVID uh, or is getting over COVID, but that affected our recording for the next couple episodes. And instead of having a delay of a week before you got new content, I had kind of been toying with this idea for a while Why not a little bit of bonus content um, that allows me to discuss some really bloody, gory shit that Amanda, you know, we all love her, but she has her limits. She is almost a fellow sick fuck, but there are just some things she will not, some lines she will not cross. So um, there was a movie that I watched recently. I thought it would be fun to talk about it. It's going to be a little bit, uh, this kind of mini episode is going to be a little bit like, um, for those who have been listening for a while, back in, uh, I think it was episode two, we reviewed The Menu. Let's not talk about that movie again. But then I also did a little mini review of Terrifier 2. So it's just going to be review only. We're not going to get into uh, really any spoilers. I don't think people want to hear me go on and on by myself talking about the events of the movie. That's where the fun of both uh, having Amanda and myself in the same room to bounce off of. That's where the fun comes. So this is just going to be a review. And what kind of made me think to do this, I was looking at our last handful of episodes that we recorded. Now, back in May... Looks like May 10th, episode 18, we did Evil Dead Rise, a movie that I loved. And uh, in that episode, I even introduced the uh, Fellow Sick Fuck Pledge of Allegiance in that episode. Very gory, very bloody. I absolutely loved it. Sometimes you need some gore. But let's look what we did after that. Episode 19, we did Kids vs. Aliens. Not a lot of gore. After that, Oregon Trail, not a lot of gore. The Boogeyman, not a lot of gore. Great movie, not a lot of gore. And then our last episode with The Outpost, not a lot of gore. 
guys, I got a fever. And the only remedy is to talk about some bloody fucking movies. If that's not something you're into, uh, we will have a regular episode uh, next week with Amanda and I. And uh, I think we'll be either talking about The Pope's Exorcist or The Blackening. Those are the couple episodes we're recording next. But in this episode, we are going to be talking about a movie called Project Wolf Hunting, which I had heard about uh, maybe a couple months ago. I suggested it to Amanda to cover on the podcast, and she uh, refused, which was probably the right call on her part. She would absolutely fucking hate this movie. Um, this was released in May of this year, and uh, it's it's out of Korea. So you might remember, if you've been listening for a while, we uh, we did our top five of 2022. One of my top movies there was The Sadness. I believe that was a Taiwanese film. Another really fucking bloody movie. And uh, this kind of movie follows in that same kind of vibe. Uh, it was written, directed by Hong Sun Kim. And uh, I looked at his filmography He's done other movies. We've never heard of any of them. But maybe we should check him out, um, given my review of this one. And I watched this on the Screambox app. Uh, so you can get a monthly membership there for $5.99. And I would say, just off this movie alone, if you want to watch a gory film, it's worth it. $5.99 for this film, I would say it's absolutely worth it. So... Let's get into, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in Korean films. I've just barely dabbled in it. But what I have watched, I mean, I think there's some really uh, cool and inventive things going on in international cinema and Korean cinema. That was one of my goals for 2023 was to watch more foreign horror films. Um, and what are those things? What makes Korean films kind of unique? Well, in my mind... A big one is they are not afraid, Korean filmmakers are not afraid of mashing up very wildly different tones, wildly different genres. They are unafraid. You know, American films, they have to kind of follow. They're in their lane. You know, is it a comedy? It's a horror. It's a drama. It's a romantic comedy. Korean films seem to be able to just unafraidedly mash up all these different genres and when it works, it's really exciting and inventive. Um, the other thing that I find with a lot of Korean films is that they are really unpredictable um, compared to American storytelling. You might think that certain characters might be important to the story. That could be completely wrong. They could kill them off halfway through. There's twists and turns. Um, very unpredictable. You saw with a movie like Parasite a few, I don't know when that was, a few years ago. Um, that was a sensation. And part of the reason why I think people love that movie is it was just so unlike any other movie that we would see in America. It was so unpredictable, creative, and a lot of Korean cinema is like that. Um, the other thing that I really appreciate about uh, a lot of the Korean films that I've seen is there's just a real um, master of like classic filmmaking um, in terms of the visual style. I really appreciate uh, 
Korean filmmakers um, eye uh, for the, you know, to create the visuals of the movie. Really appreciate it. So what, what is Project Wolf Hunting? Well, if I were to describe it uh, in one sentence, I would say that it is a mashup, again, to get back of, to uh, the mashup of, of genres. It's like you took a, a Michael Bay action movie and then you mashed it up with a very ultra gory monster movie. So what is the... The general story of it is um, there's a uh, initiative by the countries of the Philippines and Korea where they are looking to um, extradite a bunch of violent criminals that have made their way to the Philippines to try to escape incarceration. Um, they have now gathered all those criminals up. They're looking to return them to Korea. And the, they found that the best way to do this, of course, is to put them all on one large cargo ship with a bunch of other cops and sail it back to Korea. Um, and so on top of that, you have the criminals, you have the cops, you also have in the deep belly of this cargo ship, this sort of like Frankenstein monster that's being shipped in the cargo uh cargo ship as well. Um, so you hear all that. Really, the first thing I have to say is that the story is kind of nonsense. Um, you can imagine that at some point the criminals escape their bonds and all hell breaks loose. So you have the factions of the criminals fighting the cops. You can also probably imagine that at some point the monster wakes up Um some blood drips on the monster. Somehow that wakes it up. Why does he wake up? Why is he down there? I don't fucking know. But it doesn't matter because that happens uh, a little bit into the movie. And once that monster wakes up, that's when the horror and the gore really ramps up. And you love to see it. The fellow sick fucks love to see it. Um, it's kind of funny. Before I decided to record this episode... I thought to myself, I should figure out why this fucking monster was in the cargo ship so I could try to explain this. So I did some Googling, looked online. I found a website that kind of outlined all of the events of the movie. And there are so many aspects of the story that I fucking completely missed. It was not clear in the movie how this other kind of entity or faction is involved in the events of the film. Completely whiffed me. Um, but I was reassured that the website itself said the story is pretty complicated and you won't catch it all on your first viewing. So bear that in mind when you're watching this film. You might not understand what the fuck is going on. If you're like me, you won't care. You know, um, once that monster wakes up, this movie is a lot of fun. Um, another thing we, you know, we talked about the unpredictable nature of Korean films. This film is no different. You get introduced to characters in this movie and you might think, you know, you're used to American storytelling. I was immediately, my brain was saying, okay, that person, they're going to team up with that person and then they're going to make it to the end. And it's going to be a struggle and then they'll survive and all this stuff. This movie doesn't fucking care what your expectations are. So many times a character was killed in the most sort of uh, 
non-dramatic way. It just sort of happened. And I remember a few times I was like, wait a minute. Did that character just die? Did I just see that character die? I thought that character was important. This movie doesn't care. And I find that thrilling when you're watching a movie and you can't anticipate who are the heroes, uh, who's going to live, who's going to die, how are they going to die? Are they going to die? Are they going to live to the end? Are they going to die 20 minutes into the movie? With this one, you don't fucking know. It has no, it, it does not care. Uh, who you might like or not like or who you, you might expect to see live to the end. Uh, so I absolutely love that. But this is the gathering of the fellow sick fucks. And so why are we here? Because we love the gore. So last year, two of the goriest movies that I saw were Terrifier 2 and The Sadness. Now, Terrifier 2... Very, very gory movie. And the and the kills were very creative and very intricate. Um, and that was its strength. The the number of kills in the movie weren't actually that high. You know, it was like a two and a half hour movie. I mean, there's kills, believe me, but the the blood came in more of the the creativity, the the creativity in the gore. Then you had the sadness which had a lot more kills, a lot more overall gore over its runtime. Some of the kills were still creative, but not as creative as Terrifier 2. And I think Project Wolf Hunting really leans into the body count. I mean, hundreds of people fucking die. All of them die in the bloodiest, messiest way possible. I mean, there is so much blood. There are limbs getting ripped off, limbs getting chewed off, uh you know, skulls getting smashed all over the place. And, uh, you know, this is a maybe a minor spoiler for the film. But um, I'm telling you, there's so many fucking kills in this movie. It doesn't matter. So it has been since, I hadn't thought about this, but, you know, I had created this segment, this idea of the kill of the week for this podcast. We haven't had to a kill of the week since that Evil Dead Rise episode. And that's because the other movies didn't have anything worth talking about kill-wise. So I'm going to tease a little bit of a kill of the week here. Kill. Kill Kill of the week. Okay, so we have this kill of the week. The, The Frankenstein monster, Frankenstein monster has woken up. It is murdering everything that crosses its path. Um, of course, one of these sort of henchmen, he sees this thing murdering tons of people, still thinks, you know, like a like a henchman from an action movie. He thinks he's going to be the guy that takes this thing down. So he steps to him. They start going back and forth, fighting a little bit. And then the monster grabs his arm, clenches it. You see the henchman in great pain because this monster has the strength of like five men. This thing is like punching through people's chest. He, he grabs the arm, rips it off his body, and then proceeds to club the henchman in the fucking face with the arm to its death, blood spraying everywhere. I loved it. I was laughing so hard. I mean, there can't be a worse way to die than having one of your own body parts ripped off and being clubbed to death with it. I mean, that's a bad way to go. Um And I'm telling you, that's not much of a spoiler. There are so many fucking kills in this movie. So I just wanted to give that as a teaser. If you're someone who loves the kills, you hadn't heard this movie, wondering if you should see it or not, 
uh, I would I would definitely recommend it. And another way that this movie really sells the gore, and it's sort of hard to pick up because there is so much blood on the screen, but I really think what also makes it effective is the sound effects. They use these like really squelching, squishing sounds because some of these kind of head stomps and things happen off screen. The sound is really good to give you that kind of visceral reaction that there, there's some fucking blood happening and gore and violence happening, folks. Really excellent use of sound in this movie as well. So that's it, guys. This is a very gory movie. I said it was like a Michael Bay movie. It absolutely is. I mean, it has that sort of like, um, you know, it's it's showing the the cops bringing in the criminals onto the cargo ship. It even has that kind of, I don't know what that color is, like a sepia tone, like that, um, uh, like the sun is going down, that sort of like dim sunlight look. The production values in this movie are excellent. I mean, it it looks like it could be a Michael Bay movie in in these scenes. And to have it have that aspect to it and then also have all of this violence and gore. This would be a movie that would never be made in America. Um we just wouldn't we would never fund this sort of thing. I don't know what the I should have looked up what the budget was. I should have looked it up. But but it's it's not a cheap looking movie. It looks really good. Uh, great filmmaking, and uh, this is why you know if you think you're kind of tired of of this of of horror movies and you've seen it all, but you haven't dabbled in foreign horror that much, you got to start doing it, folks. I mean, there is some really good shit coming out of um, uh, you know Korea, Japan. Uh, I think we reviewed we reviewed an Australian film last year. We reviewed a. Uh, a Spanish film last year. Some really great horror coming from from all over the world. So just sort of expand your horizons. Look for uh, look out for this stuff um, because there's some really uh, great horror that's not to be missed. So that is it. Project Wolf Hunting. It is my fellow sick fuck society pick of the month. If you are starving for some violence, this is it, guys. Check it out on Screenbox. Totally worth the $5.99 monthly subscription. So I hope you all enjoyed my little uh, mini review. And uh, this gathering of the fellow sick fucks will be back very soon with the more traditional Final Girl and Guy episode. We'll get Amanda back in here COVID-free. And we'll be talking, uh, we have uh, The Blackening and The Pope's Exorcist coming up and much more. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Should I do this more often? Are you people looking to hear more about these fucking gory movies? Uh, let me know. I'll try to do this more often. But it's definitely kind of fun to, to fit these in when we would normally just have a break in the week. So um, with that, my fellow sick fucks. Uh, and my final friends out there, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we will catch you again very soon. Mm-hmm.